Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's plan of your goodness for us, revealed in Scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith. The Catechism in a Year is brought to you by Ascension. In 365 days, we'll read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, discovering our identity in God's family as we journey together toward our heavenly home. It is day 85, reading paragraphs 595 to 598. As always, I'm using the Ascension edition of the Catechism, which includes the Foundations of Faith approach, but you can follow along with any recent version of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You can also download Download your own Catechism in a Year reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com slash C-I-Y. That stands for Catechism in a Year if you haven't put that together. Also, you can click follow or subscribe in your podcast app to receive daily updates and daily notifications. Yesterday, well, we talked about, it's day 85 today. Yesterday, we talked about how Jesus fulfills um, the temple. We talked about how Jesus um, recognizes that there's a scandal that Christ offers in the fact that he is who he says he is. And that not only did he, did he claim to be the Messiah, he claimed equality with God himself. And because of this, Jesus becomes the crux, right? He becomes the, the turning point of history, not merely because he claimed to be God, but because he demonstrated that he actually is God. And, and of course, that last sentence, well, we had the in brief, the nuggets at the end of this, but we also had that last sentence of paragraph 591 that said the members of the Sanhedrin were thus acting at the same time out of ignorance and the hardness of their unbelief. And the recognition, of course, is that all of us, all of us are in that same boat. You know, I mentioned that because today we're taking the next step. Paragraph two, Jesus died crucified. We're going to look at the trial of Jesus a little bit today. We're going to look at it as we go on as well in Christ's redemptive death in God's plan. That's tomorrow. But today, the trial of Jesus and we're going to be looking at what is the role, we talked about this the last couple of days, what is the role of the Jewish people when it comes to the death of our Lord Jesus? There have The reason why the church addresses this is because there have been people over the course of time, right, over the last 2,000 years, who at various times have attributed the death of Jesus, the crucifixion and death of Jesus to maybe particular Jews at the time, or to the Jewish people as a whole. The church wants to uh, basically set the record straight when it comes to that question. And the church ultimately is saying that, A, first of all, in paragraph 595, that there were divisions among the Jews, Jewish authorities concerning Jesus. That, yeah, there were some people who were calling for his death and conspired with the Romans to put him to death. But there were also divisions among the Jewish authorities. There were people like Joseph of Arimathea or the Pharisee Nicodemus, in fact, after Christ's resurrection, many of them professed belief in Jesus. Many Pharisees um, professed faith in Jesus Christ. And so we realize that paragraph 596 says the religious authorities in Jerusalem were not unanimous about what stance to take toward Jesus. So it's very, very important for us to understand this because the next conclusion, well, the, the penultimate conclusion, right? There's two more movements. One is the church wants to make it absolutely clear to Christians and to everyone, to the entire world, easy for me to say, that the Jews are not collectively responsible for Jesus's death. That is not the case. The Jews are not collectively responsible for Jesus's death, not at, at the time of his death, nor now. Because ultimately, here's the, that was the penultimate, here's the ultimate. Then paragraph 598, which is our final paragraph for today, all sinners were the authors of Christ's passion. And we're going to have some some pretty big declarative documents. We have the Roman Catechism that states that. We even have someone all the way back to St. Francis of Assisi in like what, the 12th, 13th century, somewhere in there, where we're making it very clear that no, 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 it is me. I'm responsible. And every sinner is responsible for Christ's death. So 
the, the clarification today of these four paragraphs, 595 to 598, is there are some people who have said erroneously that the responsibility for Christ's death is at the feet of the Jews. They've interpreted scripture, for example, when the, the Jewish people say his blood be upon us and upon our children, that that would mean that um, they're taking the guilt, they're taking the, the blame essentially. But we recognize the church is saying, no, that is not the case. We all share the blame. Every human being, every person on this planet, we share in the blame. It was my sin that killed our Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to take responsibility for that myself. It was our sin collectively that is responsible for the death of Jesus. And we have to take responsibility for that ourselves. I hope that makes sense. So as we dive into this, um, I think it's very, very important for us to understand. Uh, we'll talk about this, of course, at, after we read the text. But today, let's start with a prayer. Just to ask our Lord to make this clear. Um, and not only to make this clear, but also to ask God, our Father, uh, to recognize that here are the chosen people, the Jewish people, who are not revoked, or they're not rejected by our Lord. They are. They continue to be loved by God. They continue to be to have that co- that covenant with them. There's just so mo- much more. And so, one of the recognitions we we pray, we pray not only for ourselves, for our own hearts, we pray for reconciliation, and we also pray for that fulfillment uh, to take place in our day and age that we all come to know Jesus fully and also that the Jewish people come to know Jesus fully, that all people on this planet come to know Christ fully. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you. We thank you for giving us your son. We thank you that in the midst of our brokenness, your son, Jesus Christ, he loves us. He loves us and he gives himself up for us, that he loved us and he gave himself up for every one of us. There's not one person on this planet who has ever lived is living or will live for whom you did not die, for whom you did not rise from the dead. And so we ask, we ask you please to change our hearts, to heal our hearts, but also to heal brokenness, heal and whatever kind of division there is between uh, the Christian people and the Jewish people, heal whatever kind of division there is between the, the people of the covenant and the people of the new covenant. Lord God, you love us. We also ask that you please help all of us do deep and full conversion. Those of us who profess faith in Jesus, we ask you to please knit our hearts together and help us to be fully belonging to you. And also the Jewish people with whom you established your covenants, we ask that you please bring them to knowledge of you as well, because there is no one, there is no one who you did not die for. There is no one whom you do not live for. There is no one to whom you do not extend your grace. So help us all to say yes to your grace this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As I said, it is day 85, reading paragraphs 595 to 598. Paragraph two, Jesus died crucified. The trial of Jesus. Divisions among the Jewish authorities concerning Jesus. Among the religious authorities of Jerusalem, not only were the Pharisee Nicodemus and the prominent Joseph of Arimathea both secret disciples of Jesus, but there was also long-standing dissension about him, so much so that St. John says of these authorities, on the very eve of Christ's passion, many believed in him, though very imperfectly. This is not surprising if one recalls that on the day after Pentecost, a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith, and some believers belonged to the party of the Pharisees, to the point that St. James could tell St. Paul, How many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. The religious authorities in Jerusalem were not unanimous about what stance to take toward Jesus. The Pharisees threatened to excommunicate his followers. To those who feared that everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation, the high priest Caiaphas replied by prophesying, It is expedient for you 
that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation should not perish. The Sanhedrin, having declared Jesus deserving of death as a blasphemer, but having lost the right to put anyone to death, hands him over to the Romans, accusing him of political revolt, a charge that puts him in the same category as Barabbas, who had been accused of sedition. The high priests also threatened Pilate politically so that he would condemn Jesus to death. Jews are not collectively responsible for Jesus' death. The historical complexity of Jesus' trial is apparent in the gospel accounts. The personal sin of the participants, Judas, the Sanhedrin, Pilate, is known to God alone. Hence, we cannot lay responsibility for the trial on the Jews in Jerusalem as a whole, despite the outcry of a manipulated crowd and the global reproaches contained in the apostles' calls to conversion after Pentecost. Jesus himself, in forgiving them on the cross, and Peter, in following suit, both accept the ignorance of the Jews of Jerusalem and even of their leaders. Still less can we extend responsibility to other Jews of different times and places based merely on the crowd's cry, his blood be on us and on our children, a formula for ratifying a judicial sentence. As the church declared at the Second Vatican Council, neither all Jews indiscriminately at that time, nor Jews today, can be charged with the crimes committed during his passion. The Jews should not be spoken of as rejected or accursed as if this followed from Holy Scripture. All sinners were the authors of Christ's passion. In her magisterial teaching of the faith and in the witness of her saints, the church has never forgotten that sinners were the authors and the ministers of all the sufferings that the divine Redeemer endured. Taking into account the fact that our sins affect Christ himself, the church does not hesitate to impute to Christians the gravest responsibility for the torments inflicted upon Jesus, a responsibility with which they have all too often burdened the Jews alone. The Roman Catechism states, we must regard as guilty all those who continue to relapse into their sins. Since our sins made the Lord Christ suffer the torment of the cross, those who plunge themselves into disorders and crimes crucify the Son of God anew in their hearts, for he is in them, and hold him up to contempt. And it can be seen that our crime in this case is greater in us than in the Jews. As for them, according to the witness of the apostle, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. We, however, profess to know him. And when we deny him by our deeds, we in some way seem to lay violent hands on him. St. Francis of Assisi once noted, Nor did demons crucify him. It is you who have crucified him and crucify him still when you delight in your vices and sins. Okay, so there we are, day 85. And I just, I'm so grateful for this. Not only because we get, we get some clarity and the clarity is that the church does not lay the responsibility for the death of Jesus at the feet of the Jews, but we take it upon ourselves. Now, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. You know, um, years ago, I was in uh, Israel and I, I was going through Yad Vashem and Yad Vashem is the Jewish Holocaust Memorial Museum in Israel. And at one point, there's a, there's a long story behind this whole thing. But at one point, there was this man, he was a Jewish man from California uh, with his family. And how we started talking was interesting, but that's not the point of the story right now. Uh, at one point, though, he was relatively upset. I mean, obviously, Yad Vashem is an incredibly, incredibly emotional place. Just de- the devastation one is reminded of. Uh, you can't you can't unsee, you can't forget. And in this place of great emotion, uh, this Jewish man who was massive, he was huge. I mean, he towered over me and he was like, he, I was walking away because he just we had some exchange, just a pleasant exchange where he was kind of confused and I was kind of confused. And, and he said, get back here, you know, kind of like, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. What's going on? And, and he was perplexed. He was emotional, just like everyone was, you know, in that, in that space. But 
he said, okay, here's what I don't understand. You say you're Christian, right? I'm thinking, yep, you know, Catholic priest. Okay, here's what I don't understand. He says that you Christians believe that we Jews crucified Jesus, that we killed Jesus, that we're responsible for his death. And yet his death is, you claim, is his death is the thing that saved humanity. It saved your life. It gave you new life. So wait a second. So here, here's the thing. How can we be blamed for this the greatest thing that ever happened. Like, why do you hate us for, for this greatest thing that you ever happened? Because if we killed him and his death was what gave you life, then, then why do you hate Jews so much? And I was like, wow, this is a very loaded moment. I said, Holy Spirit, come and uh, just prayed and just said, okay, well, first of all, I'm a Catholic Christian. And as Catholics, we do not believe that the Jews are responsible for the death of Jesus. That's the first thing. And, and there may have been Christians who have, have said this over the course of, you know, 2000 years history of the church. But I said, but just what we believe as Catholic Christians, and this is our, our official stance is that no. So what you guys, what you and I read today, what we heard today, that the Second Vatican Council stated, neither all Jews, this is paragraph 597, neither all Jews indiscriminately at that time, nor Jews today can be charged with the crimes committed during his passion. Therefore, the Jews should not, I'm putting the therefore in, therefore, the Jews should not be spoken of as rejected or accursed as if this followed from Holy Scripture. So I mentioned to him, like, we don't believe that. Uh, so that kind of allayed his, his some anxiety there or some, some emotion there. I said, what we ultimately believe is what I just read today, paragraph 598, that all sinners were the authors of Christ's passion. In fact, this, this sentence here, it says, taking into account the fact that our sins affect Christ himself, the church does not hesitate to impute to Christians the gravest responsibility for the torments inflicted upon Jesus, a responsibility with which they have all too often burdened the Jews alone. This is so important for us. We're going to get to that quote from the Roman Catechism, but I mentioned this to him. I mentioned you know, that, no, we don't blame the Jews. We blame ourselves. We recognize, I recognize that it was my sins that crucified Jesus. Um, he said, okay, okay. He said, but how, how can this worst thing be the best thing? And this is when I kind of turned to the Old Testament, which we both share. Um, Hebrew scriptures, you have in the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph and his brothers. And in the story of Joseph and his brothers, what happens? You have this scenario, this scene where his brothers sell Joseph into slavery and that all the ups and downs and all the trials and travails that Joseph goes through finally gets to a place with God with him. God is with him the whole time, gets to this place where he is made second in command of, you know, next to Pharaoh. And because of this, he has the authority and of course God working through him to spare the people from famine. There was going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And because of that, he was able to feed his family, save their lives. And so then, you know, we all know the story, right? The reconciliation of Joseph with his brothers and their father realizes they all go move to Egypt and then their father dies. What happens now? Here's the father, uh, Jacob, father Israel is now dead so what's going to happen? And the brothers are afraid. The brothers say, yeah, well, our father, Jacob, our father, Israel was alive. Joseph spared us. But now that our father is gone, he's going to destroy us. And Joseph, when he hears this, he is just broken. He's heartbroken. And he weeps. And he essentially says, he says, what you meant for evil, God turned, meant for good. When you intended evil and in selling me off, God used it for good. And I pointed this out. I said, you, we, you and I, this Jewish man and myself, we believe that, that, that God can take even the worst brokenness and bring about a great good, that we believe that's what happened. My sins crucified Jesus. And that was the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> that God, here's what, we're, we're, what you and I here now today in the next few days have been, are going to be meditating on. If Jesus is trial, his crucifixion, all these pieces, 
that this is the worst thing that ever happened, but also God used it to bring about the greatest thing that's ever happened, which is our salvation and our redemption. But we can't, and this is the last, the last note, we cannot try to lay the blame on anyone other than ourselves, which is one of the reasons why this is remarkable, this Roman catechism. And even this uh, quote from St. Francis of Assisi in paragraph 598, where it says, we must regard as guilty all those who continue to relapse into their sins. Oh, man. Next sentence. Since our sins made the Lord Christ suffer the torment of the cross, those who plunge themselves into disorders and crimes crucify the Son of God anew in their hearts, for he is in them, and hold him up to contempt. And it can be seen, this is the this is the one of the kickers, and it can be seen that our crime in this case is greater in us than in the Jews. As for them, according to the witness of the apostle, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Here's the last two sentences. We, however, profess to know him. <laughs> and when we deny him by our deeds, we in some way seem to lay violent hands on him. Isn't that incredible? We, however, profess to know him. And yet you and I, what do we do? We return to our sins. We return to our, our shallowness, our littleness, our pettiness. We re- return to evil. We return to <sighs> saying no to him. And in that, as it says, St. Francis, it is you who have crucified him and crucify him still when you delight in your vices and sins. Demons did not crucify Jesus. St. Francis of Assisi, it is you, it is, it is I, it is me who have crucified him and crucify him still when we delight in our vices and in our sins. And so just today, that's not meant to be heaping coals on our heads, but it is meant to say, I may not ever try to evade blame. I may only and always take responsibility for my part because my part in Christ's passion is real. If my part in Christ's passion is not real, then my share in his resurrection is not real. If he did not lay down his life out of love for me, then he (laughs) can't share the resurrection out of love for me. I think it's worth praying about. I think it's worth reflecting on and not letting it crush you, not letting it condemn you, but letting this turn us to Jesus and trusting him in our brokenness so that we can trust him in his glory. Anyways, I'm pray for each other, you guys. I am praying for you. Please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.